Richards Bowie Versus Tillian Is this year when I'm glowy Am I killing? I hope it's not a blowy Or a villain It's time for Bowie versus Dylan. Welcome once again to Bowie versus Dylan. I'm Charlie and I like Bowie. I'm Jake and I love Dylan. Hey, hey everybody. Hey, 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 whoa, hey, 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 oh, hey, 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 we're, uh, we're recording this in the long-go time of, time of 2019, mm-hmm. but you are listening to this at 2020 or later. Hey, Merry Christmas, Assume guys, that, too. You know, Merry Christmas from Archivists 2019. Archivists of the future, Archivists hundreds of years from now, are yeah. listening to this podcast, getting a feel for what the years 2018, 2019, 2020 are like. Oh, yeah. And uh, here it is. This is a 100% accurate representation of everyone. And we, we, tell, you, we tell you about... All 7 million people... <laughs> Well, it'll be like right nine, now. it'll be like ten billion by the time. Well, no, we're talking about now. Oh, we're talking about now. Future. Oh, I see. And uh, I want to know what the seven billion people alive now were like. This is it right here. Hey, this is it, and we're going to talk about the present by talking about the past and that year. I of go course. back uh, forty-five years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Forty-four. Forty-five. Years ago. Wow, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Hey, we're wow. looking at 1975, and 1975 is it's big. It's a big year, Jake. It's huge. It's meaty. You know, it's real meaty. David Bowie was the king of the 1970s. Uh-huh. He reigned on his throne from 1970 through 1980, at least. And uh, this is the most, for Bowie, it's the most untouchable period in terms of Dylan actually trying to take him down. Yeah. We've known for a long time that 1975 could be that year. That there's any year where well Dylan can actually do it, this is the year. Yeah. And uh, we're not sure, we honestly don't know who's going to win on this one. Usually we have a pretty good idea. It's going to be pretty close, I think. Could be. I am, uh, Could be. I'm interested to see if Bowie can actually pull it off in this big year, or if Dylan can can take it down. So, with that in mind, Jake. Yeah. Sing us a tale. Sing, sing us, us a tale. Sing us a tale. Sing. Sing us a song. Tell us a tale about the long ago time of 1975. Sing us a pod. You're the casting man. By the name of Dylan. Okay. Are you done talking? Because you, that was a, that, I, I was, that was kind of like half singing, half, it was like talk singing a little while. Sing us a I was song. song in my head. You're the casting man. Sing us a pod tonight. Billy Joel. Yeah, no, that's terrible. That's terrible, Jake. Why don't you, why don't you talk instead? <laughs> okay, all right. Hey, talk us a, talk us a pod, casting man. Talk us a Okay, so we're going to start off, Chaz, uh, almost now, um, even while people are listening to this, almost 45 years ago exactly, on January 17th, 1975, Bob Dylan released a little album that you may have heard of, because I have told you about it, called (laughs) Blood on the Tracks. Have you heard of it? Blood on the Tracks. B-O-T-T, we call it the big bot, it's the bot. No, we don't. Blood on the no, tracks. Uh, uh, this don't is one of those. Um, I, I had never this, do that. I <laughs> bought. I did it. <laughs> I did it again. Uh, I this is this is one of those things that I have trouble, you know, even speaking about. Uh, you know, much like much like some of Dylan's other uh, monumental albums. Gee, are you, chiefly are you blonde on blonde. I'm kind of out of breath. I'm just like I can't even. Is, what, is what's happening here. I'm just I'm sweating. Ooh, how do we even start? 
Uh, we'll start in 1974, because that's what we do in episodes about 1975. Now, I've, I've explained this to death on this podcast, and I know this may be the first time somebody's listening to it, and I apologize for that. But uh, the short and sweet story is that Dylan recorded an entire version of Blood on the Tracks in 1974 in a New York studio, and it was very intimate, and it was very acoustic, and it made everyone mm-hmm. cry their eyes out in the recording booth. Mm-hmm. I'm every- crying just thinking about it. And everyone who heard it, they Bob Dylan's music often makes me cry for all the right reasons, Jake. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, I don't know how to retort that, because... <laughs> don't, Jake, you can't. I'm crying, because my, my eyes are full of tears, because I'm just <laughs> thinking about blood, the original version of Blood on the Tracks. <laughs> Man, sweat coming out, tears. Oh man, I'm just maybe, maybe peeing just a little bit. You know, there's a, a lot, bit. there's a lot of orifice <laughs> stuff going yeah, on right a now. Totally <laughs> all over the place. I really should have gone potty before this, but I didn't. Okay, <laughs> didn't. I did not. Um, and then, so everyone who heard this version uh, of Blood on the Tracks forevermore. Um, said, "This is the best, Bob. You have done it. You have recaptured your glory and magic," which made Bob think, "Eh, I don't know, maybe." And so he re-recorded five <laughs> of the songs. Always, always does. <laughs> right. Right. He rejects uh, all advice, so all he, sound advice as to what is good and does something that isn't as good. Although uh, this, this one worked out. Purportedly, this one worked out. purportedly, this was his brother's suggestion. His brother listened to it, who I don't know, uh, you know, which brother it was, but his brother was like, yeah, you should probably do something about this. This, you know, this is just the greatest thing anyone's ever heard. But, you know, maybe, maybe you could, you don't want that, do you? maybe you could improve on that. And so he went to Minneapolis, and he uh, got some random musicians, and he and he recorded some full band versions. He recorded five full band versions. I was yesterday. What happened? Well, I was in Minneapolis. I was just still talking about Minneapolis. You don't you? Because I, I live really near to Minneapolis, and I was in Minneapolis yesterday. How close are you to Minneapolis? You're like a couple blocks away, right? Well, no longer than that. There's a, there's a city in between. There's a whole city. It's not in a very between. big one. Yeah, there's a full city in between. It's what? not a very big one, but it's in between. Okay. All right. Well, shout out to that city. I'm sure I would recognize the name. <laughs> oh, go Richfield. Go oh, Richfield. yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Richfield. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. All right. Uh, and so he put this thing out on January 17th as it was, and it immediately went to number one in the U.S. Uh, number four. Number four in the U.K. Usually it's higher in the U.K., but you can't get higher than one. So U.K. was like, we're not going to do that. We're going to buy it just less than U.S. Just to rub it in your faces. That's how they talk. Uh, Blood on the Tracks uh, is, quote, or supposedly his divorce album. He was going through a very rough time and was, in fact, separated from his wife, Sarah, at the time. And so there's, there's a, lot of, uh, a lot of NUE, a lot of, uh, a lot of that going on there. Um, but mostly what makes, it, what makes it special is the style of songwriting that he, that he employed, which was cinematic. It encapsulates past, present, and future. It tells these great... Stories, these like lush, full stories. Uh, they quote, they quote, defy time. That's how he put it. He wanted to write songs that were defying time. Um, so each of these little songs is kind of like take that time. Yeah, you've been hey, defied. you've been defied, bro. Get out. Forty-five years later, we still care. Uh, and so he did this. He was able to do this on each track. Um, they're great stories. Like each one of them could be some sort of movie, and they've they have indeed attempted to make movies, or they talk about making movies about one yeah, of his songs. Yeah. Notably, Tangled Up in Blue, uh, Lily, Rosemary, and the Jack of Hearts is also like just a story from start to finish. Um, it achieves a nice trick. You know, a lot of them are very long, but they don't feel long. Some of his songs on other albums are long, and they feel really long. You're like, just yes. get it over with, Bob. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> no, stop it. 
and of course, Bob at the time denied that it was about him at all or his marriage. Um, he states at the time, quote, I don't write confessional songs, end quote. Uh, and probably they weren't like explicitly confessional or explicitly about yeah, it his. Yeah, it kind of sneaks in. When your first marriage is breaking up. It's it sneaks in there. And it's right? in there. I mean, no. it's it's you very know, yeah. clear. And yeah. he talked. He actually, it, especially in Tangled Up in Blue, he, you know, there's like a a line. There's revolution in the air. You know, uh, he's actually kind of calling back to when he was younger and he first met her and all this stuff. So clearly, um, so what this what what this did for him, Chaz, is it was an af- an affirmation of his genius, which at the time it seems it seems weird because it had only been ten years since he put out his greatest album of all time or nine actually. Right. Uh, but people were like, oh, "Dylan's Dylan's dead. He's gone. Yeah, yeah, yep, whatever. he's out. Yep. See you, maybe the greatest. He, they go three of the other songs ever. Yeah, it was like years ago. Uh, like, uh, we've moved on to this jerk named David Bowie. Uh, yeah, he's he's hitting it right now. <laughs> it's real good. Real yeah, hard. hey, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll hate him in a few years too, but not right yeah, now. Yeah, he's already he's already released like two of the best albums of all time. Yeah, so, uh, you know. Wait, are we talking about Dylan already? Yes, yes, no, we are. I, yep. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. No. Um, he did he did something. With this one, that it made me makes it his most important album for his legacy or his his entire career, yes. uh, because he managed to make something equal to the masterpieces of his youth, which people from the right. si- people from the sixties were not doing. It was like to equal the run that some of these these folks had. Obviously, the Beatles were gone as a band. They're gone. They were gone, so they weren't going to do it anymore. The Rolling Stones sending it to definitely yourself a parody. Yes, they'd already started their way down. Yeah, they were doing that thing where they were parodying other bands or trends and stuff like that. Uh Uh, They were three years away from making a disco album, so that's where they were. Oh yeah, Uh, a pretty good disco album, but still, (laughs) still Uh, Uh, Neil Young. You know, he was (laughs) Neil Young was making good music. But it wasn't like it wasn't like genius level. It wasn't anything that you yeah. would call like the yeah. best the best of his career and stuff like that. So that's, boy was still boy was great, but he was still a young gun. You know, he was he was still old, young. He was still he was still dealing with the flush of his first success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he was what I mean? with his first his first like post success crisis in '1975. That's right, and I'm sure we're going to hear about that, but later maybe. Hey, no, right, right. Oh, okay, yeah, later. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, and so that makes it that makes it possible for him to release his next thing that he released in 1975, and that's something that we've talked about several times, but not in the depth that we've talked about Blood on the Tracks. That's the Basement Tapes, Jazz. Oh man, ever the heard tapes. of the Basement Tapes? Yes. Now I thought we could do something yes, kind yeah. of interesting here. I want you to tell the audience what you think the Basement Tapes are. Okay, so the Basement Tapes were uh, Bob and the band. Hanging out, jamming at was it a pink house? Yeah, the big the pink. House. The big Some pink. Kind. The big pink house. Yeah, the big pink. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, you got it. Uh, and it was. Let's see. When did they do this? I'm gonna say around seventy. Or around sixty-seven. I want to say. Yeah. And uh, they never released any of it, and it was legendary. And some of the first bootlegs were of this. Dang, Chaz, that was good. Started the bootleg, the whole bootleg thing. That was, was good. Started by this. Yeah, yeah. Did I get anything? Any major, any major gaps in there? No, I'm giving you a round of applause. I'm doing that thing hey, where no, my hey, hands hey, are hey, my whoa, hands whoa, are going hey. in a circle. You know, hey, like that funny I'm gonna, joke. I'm gonna celebrate that with by taking a drink of this beer. I have right hey, now. you go for it, man. What uh, what beer are you drinking? 
I'm drinking a Shell's Arctic Ale. Ooh, is it Arctic? Which, uh, well, here's the thing about an Arctic Ale. I wasn't sure what this was, and I was kind of thinking it's a winter ale, which I quite like. Yeah, It's right. actually more of like a Christmas spice ale, mm. which I'm usually not a big fan of. But they toned down. The Christmas spices are not out of control. Okay. Like, they're stabilized. So I'm, I'm okay with this one. It's not like the greatest beer I've ever had, but I'm, I'm drinking it, and I'm, I'm, I don't feel bad about it. I like winter ales, too. So, so I'm with you. I'm with but, you. What do you. But what do you think about Christmas, the ones that have, like, Christmas spices? Well, I'm, I'm just not a fruity, spicy guy. I, that that, no, can, get, no, that yeah. can get a little much for me. You know, I'm yeah, more of a, yeah. like, give me, like a, like, a, like, a double stout or something. Like, give me something, like, I can chew yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one's pretty thick. Okay. This one's pretty, uh, nice. pretty robust, I'll say. Well, along those lines, I'm drinking whiskey and coffee right now, because it's that kind hey, of Hey, whiskey and coffee. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Vacation starting for me. All right, sorry. Uh, what's happening here? Don't know okay. About the business. All right. So you are you are pretty spot on with your uh, with your description there about how it started. So um, I will add to that that the reason they were doing that is that um, Dylan had crashed his motorbike and he was taking it easy oh, yeah. and raising his family, I but about that part, yeah. but he was still in the flush of his of his sixties genius, and so he had to do something. So he and the band. Um, who were just about to become the band in 1967. You even got the year right. That's pretty sweet, man. Yeah, I was, I was not surprised about the year. But, uh, yeah. They would release Go their be, first album the very next year, I believe, in 1968, which was Music from Big, yeah. music from Big Pink. Um, so they were writing a right. bunch of songs. Oh, yeah. Okay, I never made that connection right there. And they were Thanks. playing. They were playing it together. And uh, what they were going to do is just send. They were just demos. They were home recorded. They were just going to send yeah. them to uh, music publishers and record labels and see if they could drum up some business, like have other artists cover their songs, which is something that yeah. D- Dylan was still doing at that time, like explicitly. Well, it was a very common thing in the sixties. Bowie did that right. in the late sixties, early seventies too, which just seems so like weird now. You know, people just don't do that anymore. But. No, they just wrote it. It was much more common artists. at the time. That was, you know... Right, and Dylan became... More, it was more common for people to be just songwriters, too. Dylan, be, Dylan became... Nowadays. He became sneaky famous. That was his first fame, was like, oh, this is a Bob Dylan song, you know, what, before uh-huh. before he was famous himself. Um, and so that was the point, but of course, these this acetate that they sent, uh, or something, um, got got bootlegged, it got stolen, and that was the very first... Yeah. That was the very first famous bootleg you know there are these new dylan songs and so these songs had this uh this air of of um secrecy and add it to that that they sort of sounded like uh uh they sort of sounded really gnarly and weird and they were it was kind of a it was kind of the first alt country record or the first alt country song they they kind of dug past into americana where the sound of the day, of course, in the late 60s especially, was all this like crazy psychedelic stuff. It was like, right, right. Uh, you know, looking into space, like how much noise can we make in Jimi Hendrix. And a lot of that, a lot of that music is obviously extremely good. Uh-huh. Um, but Dylan took it way back, where that was definitely not in fashion at the time. Um, and the band were writing songs um, then, too. And so years went by, and everyone wanted wanted there to be some official release of this. And they, you know, oh, yeah. they calculated some number, like... He had lost like three million dollars in royalties because of these bootlegs and stuff like that. So obviously, oh, nice. you know, Dylan's always had at least one eye on the prize. He was like, "I got to make some money." But, sure, but I, mean, I like that he did it in 1975. Like Bowie would have released it like five years from now. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point. That's a great point. Uh, like you know, like combating the bootlegs and giving people what they want. But he, but here's how here's how this kind of stuff goes hand in hand because Dylan was waiting and I, I think this was probably smart of him. He waited until he found more success to release these the basement tapes 
Because okay. if he had released the basement tapes earlier, it would have given critics a chance to be like, oh, here we, you know, here's the genius Dylan. He's not like this anymore. He can't do this anymore. Um, and so by waiting until after Blood on the Tracks was well received, they, you know, he gave he, he didn't give critics the chance to like lamb, you know, lambast him anymore for yeah. it. So now he just yeah. had these like this double hander. What if like what if released another really good album, which he's always got in him. It's always this distinct possibility that the next one now will be actually really good. And what if he sneaks out then another thing after that that's really good that like no one remembers? Well, probably there. I there's. I mean, there's just. It's just that everybody knows everything now. They know all of his recording sessions. They've heard yeah. most of the music. Like back then, this was such a mystery. Like yes, it had been. Yeah, okay. Maybe, it had been yeah, bootlegged, but there were only. It wrecked all that, didn't it? There was only a fraction of the actual basement tapes on this bootleg, and so oh, okay. people were only left to wonder, like, what else did they do then? You know, and they weren't talking. They they. <laughs> Whoa, man! What's the what's, let's have another three minute song about some weird old characters in America? Oh, oh yeah! Oh. <laughs> That's how Dylan fans always sound. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, hey, hey, oh, oh hey, hey, oh, hey, Dylan, what you up to, Dylan? Oh, hey, you got some more songs for us, Dylan? I think that's how Bob Dylan actually sounded, though. I think we got it. I think we got it backwards. I think it's fans. Hey, a little song from your old scrapbook. Oh, wait, that's, that's, hey, hey, oh, wait, wait. The David Bowie's singing about that, Dylan. We broke into your house and we stole some lyrics. You wanna, you wanna <laughs> make some music to it? Hey, we wrote sex in your bed. Oh, <laughs> oh hey, did you write a song about that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it was at the time. Uh, it was never intended to be a record, but around 1975. And here we're going to we're going to veer into. Uh, we're going to veer into controversy corner, Chaz. Hey, whoa! I know, this is really fun. Um, so the reason that it came out is that obviously Dylan gave his blessing, but the uh, the the uh, member of the band who had decided by this point that he was like the main member of the band, Robbie Robertson. Have I intru- I haven't introduced the audience to Robbie Robertson yet. Like, I don't know, I don't know. I think he's probably come up, but... So, so the band's the band's aesthetic when it first started out is that all for one and one for all. It was like five or six guys. They wrote all the songs together. They they swapped singing duties and you know they passed their instruments around the circle and all that stuff. And like they were yeah, this, they were this collective that was really you know they they didn't really have a face except for sound like commies, Jake. Sounds like yeah. Well, yeah, they were. Well, they were living in a they were living in they were living in one house in in and the house was pink, Chaz. Think of that. <laughs> Whoa, whoa. I, know. I know and so Robbie Robertson uh, compiled this thing um, again with Dylan's blessing but it's, it's unclear how much Dylan was paying attention to any of this at the time um, he did come he did come and they did this crazy photo shoot which is the cover of the album where like Ringo Starr is there for some reason they, they went to like the, ba- the basement of a YMCA and uh, there was some I was going to do a multiple choice about about all the people that that fans thought were in the picture but weren't like Neil Young was supposed to be there but then they sleuthed out that he he was in a concert during the time of the right, I'm, I'm looking this up all right, you look it up you look it up I'll tell you about Robbie Robertson but by 75 Robbie Robertson had decided that he was kind of the face of the band he wanted to move out he ended up having a solo career and he had alienated the rest of the band and by 1976 they were through um, they were finished um, so what Robbie did was he compiled 16 Dylan tracks from the basement tapes, but he, he shoehorned eight band tracks on there, just the band. They didn't have but eight of them. So there's 16 with Dylan and the band from 1967, 
and there's eight from Robbie and the band um, that were purportedly recorded around the same time, just not with Dylan. But it turns out that some of them may have been from subsequent years, and in fact, some of them may, some of them may have been from like 1974. But no, nobody knew that at the time. <laughs> it just sound it just sounded like the band. Um, so you know, he put some songs of questionable providence on here, and in one in particular, oh, yeah, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the track list. It's kind of like every other song. Yeah, they kind of just like you can see the writer is as to whether it's Dylan or somebody else. Correct. Right, and anytime you see that it's written by Bob Dylan, that's that's the one he plays on. And anytime you see that it's somebody else, then that right. th- those were just the band tracks. So, like, they did this reissue of music from the Big Pink a couple years ago, yeah. and a demo appears for from one of the songs that was on the Basement tapes from 1975. But the demo sounds too quote good to be true, and so the accusation the accusation is that Robertson intentionally quote muddled the 75 versions to make them sound old and weird like the original basement tapes. <laughs> Robertson, you... You, 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 Robbie, you, you, Robertson, you. Um, and so, now nobody knew this at the time. When it came out, it was just like, it was just kind of like a lightning bolt. It, were, every, it was huge. It, it debuted at number seven in the U.S., <laughs> and number eight in the U.K., um, it got just like glowing reviews. Uh, Robert Criscow, who started the Paz and Jop poll and is a very famous uh, rock and roll critic, said, quote, We don't have to bow our heads in shame because this is the best album of 1975. It would have been the best album of 1967, too. So before there was this question of authenticity, people were really into this. Um, and even, you know, in the, in the, I will say, like, the band tracks don't sound bad. They sound good. Like, they sound like the band circa late 60s, early 70s, which is a great sound. Um, but the Dylan ones are so, they're so gnarly. They're so kind of weird and warbly and wobbly sounding, uh, both lyrically and musically. And I think uh, that makes them attractive in some way. They just sound kind of odd. They sound kind of off. Yeah. Like from the lyrics on down to, of course, they were home recordings. And they cleaned them up nice, but they're still, they still kind of sounded bizarre overall. Um, so... Um, a lot of them were fun. They were kind of unselfconscious because he wasn't. He didn't think they were going out anywhere. He didn't think that. So he wasn't doing this fussy thing. He was just playing. Some of them are humorous. A lot of them are absurd. Um, and it's been called a modern version of the anthology of American folk music, which Dylan um, took his you know Bible back in his early days. Um, and so he did. Let's see if there's anything else on the basement tapes. So are you bringing up the, because uh, I know they came out, the complete ones came out as a bootleg series, right? They did, yeah. That was 2015. Are you, are you working that in here, or are you just, you know, we're saving that for later? No, we're save that for later. Wait, 2013? Was that 2013? Uh, no, 20, 2015. We haven't, oh, okay. We haven't done that year yet. So we'll... Is that 2015? No. We'll, we'll talk about that. I'm just talking about the 1975 we, release. We did do 2015. Oh, then it was 2016. Whatever year oh, we haven't done. 2014. Okay, yeah. I see it. I see it. I'm, I'm on it right now. Okay. <laughs> You're it. Just, yep. Hey, can you be my can you be my researcher hey. right now? Can you just do that? Yeah, me? I am. All the time. <laughs> I already do that. All the time, Jake. Next time we do an app, I want I'm you. Fact checking you in real time, constantly. I would like you to do the the Dylan portion You're 100% as well. Wrong all the time. If you could do the Dylan portions for me going forward, that'd be great for this podcast. Mm-hmm. I will. Just give me a script. I'm going to do Bowie and then I'm just going to make farting noises for 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Oh. Yes, we have. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it kind of do a beat. Maybe to want to do like one of the few Bob Dylan songs I know. And for the... Uh... <laughs> so let's take a look and put it right there. Um, I hope you liked it. 
and for and for his album whatever it was this year negative five and for his next <laughs> his single whatever it was it's just it's like <laughs> negative negative one it's just like a fart noise yep Bowie pretty wins pretty sweet from here on out Jake <laughs> alright let's see what else Dylan did in 75 we're moving right along let's see oh uh he, he released uh he released well, I'll talk about this. I'll just talk about the singles later. He went on the good part of the Rolling Thunder review, also in 1975, oh, yeah. hey. and he yeah, also managed to re- record Desire in 1975 as well. His album from 1976, Which is also a good one. very good. Yeah, one of his best. So it's been a big year, and the the Rolling Thunder review just as a uh, just as a quick refresher is he got he got a bug up his butt. He wanted to just go and and play some smaller venues with like this kind of traveling carnival of musicians. And so we got a bunch of his friends from New York and a bunch of other famous people and he put together a band and they they did kind of these impromptu concerts in the in the in the northeast of America. Um, they would go to the town and they would they would advertise it the day prior. And it was in like gymnasiums and, and small theaters and stuff like that. And they had like a big they had like a big curtain that opened and there was Bob and a bunch of people and um he had a bunch of his his musical compatriots sing some stuff too and play some stuff. It wasn't just all him, and the idea was this was just going to be kind of a, a you know one of these reviews R E V U E um, from from back in the day. He was kind of feeling old time. Right. I guess he was feeling old timey. Sounds freewheeling. Kind of a freewheeling. It was kind of a. It was kind of a. Yeah, boy, he should have called one of his albums the Freewheeling Bob Dylan. Yeah, I feel well, like that would have been a good one. It's not too late. Uh, he should have called Blood on the Tracks the freewheeling Blood on the Tracks. He should have called it Most Blood, Most Tracks. Most bloodiest, trackiest, most. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, Nailed it as well. Yeah, yeah. He really did. Uh, okay, so he did that. I know I've, I've talked about the Rolling Thunder review a lot before, but this was the most, this is one of the most famous concert tours ever in rock and roll and so he just he just whipped that in there too and uh jig uh, yeah. i know you're gonna get to him. can we talk about the guitarist on this oh yeah oh i should it? say that so in 1975 he met a uh, a fresh young guitarist um who'd never played with anyone hot young, hot young gunslinger he'd never played with anyone of consequence before in his life uh, his talent his talent was being wasted prodigiously uh by by this other by this other like his solo career would actually start at this time but yes well that's probably why he needed he needed scooped up <laughs> <laughs> he was having some trouble but also because uh, I, I believe it was David Bowie if I'm if I'm not mistaken just kicked him right, uh, kicked him right to the curb he was like get out <laughs> like, get out man uh, uh, and uh, that, 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 that guitarist that young hot guitarist name was Mick Ronson Oh, Mick. Oh, Mick. Mick, Mick came along on the Rolling Thunder review with Bob Dylan, and you know, on the various uh, recordings and things of that concert, he is killing it. He really ripping it he up. Just kind of slathered any, everything in tasty legs. Yeah, but like tastefully, so, so tasteful, place. so taste, tastefully, tasteful. And tasty. It was like less. It was, it was less like. It was less like. And it was more like. <laughs> You know what I mean? You know what I mean. I could have said it better myself. I could have said it better myself. Nobody could have. That's all of it. That's it. Uh, and so and so he did that. And then um, I just want to say before I throw it over to you, I found this kind of interesting because I read, you know, there's a lot of pages in, in his various biographies about this year because it was so big. Um, but I just, I think it's very interesting. Like his personal life is an absolute disaster this year. He's such... Yeah. Yeah. He's such a mess. He's 
he's separated from his wife and his kids. He, he's, uh, you know, he separated. He went to New York. He had a bunch of affairs. He sowed some oats. Then he headed to France in 75 without his wife, and he just, like, partied there and got drunk. Yeah, and then, you know, during the Rolling Thunder review, which was which was a blast and everything. Well, how, many, he, how much cocaine did he do, Jake? I'm just curious. Just uh, a little foreshadowing. I think, I, think he, I think he did a little bit of everything. I don't think cocaine was pri- okay. primary, okay. but, like, there were a lot of drugs and a lot of mm-hmm. drinking and, like, a lot of carousing. And he's, like, uh, you know, he somehow was managing to express all of this pain and loneliness he felt in some sort of profound way. But it, it really wasn't any different than, like, 1986 or something. It just happens that, uh, you know, everything. He just had (laughs) good music. He could make. He had these these kind of fleeting ideas. He's like, I'm going to record acoustic album. Great, blood on the tracks. I'm going to go on a carnival tour with a bunch of my friends and do a bunch of drugs. Great, Rolling Thunder review. Whereas in other years that would have been a disaster and everyone would have hated it. Uh, Like it just it just all kind of came together this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right, Chaz. And just like Bob Dylan, stumbling through life and somehow wildly succeeding in the year 1975, I'm just going to I'm gonna toss it over to you on a whim. Hey, whoa. Whoa. Sounds a lot like what Bowie did in 1975. Right. So, tell us about it. Let's talk about 1975, and let's just get a word right out there in the open, Jake. Let's you go. You said it earlier. That word is cocaine. 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 Hey, yeah. had, that, uh, yeah. had that John, that J.J. Kale song come out yet? Cocaine. Well, that's a J.J. Kale song. Okay. But it is Eric Clapton that you're thinking of, yes. Okay, all right, hey, well, great. Well, let's see. Bowie didn't do much, but the first half of 1975, he pretty much only did cocaine. That's right. That's all. Uh, Of his deepest, darkest periods, 1975 is probably... On a personal level, the his worst year of his entire life. This is life. the worst like his last weekend this of the entire year. Oh, yeah, he was pretty bad at late '74. He's pretty bad through most of '76, but '75 is probably rock bottom for him. This is it. Uh, he, yeah, first half he didn't do anything. Um, second half he did. He got to work. He filmed his first starring role in a movie. Okay, Earth. good for him. Did he also? Did he remember that performance? Did he remember doing that? He remembers that. He apparently wasn't doing a ton of cocaine on set, which is good because he was he was lucid like in the in the movie, which he was not during most of his TV appearances from late seventy four through seventy six. Wonderful. Yeah, he, uh, he also recorded Station to Station in late seventy five. That's a good album. Loud. He claims he does not remember recording at all. It's one of his best albums. He not he at all. But yeah, that's amazing. He was really like paranoid, awful. He claims that he was only eating like red peppers and milk and yeah. cocaine. Yeah, I can't. And he hear- looks like. The Ugh. guy looks like, I, I don't know how he survived the year, obviously. He looks like he's dying. Like he looks like he's dead on stage. He's so thin. For a guy who was never very not thin, like, he is skeletal. Uh, it was a personally a rough year. He had a breakup with his management company, Main Man. Main Man. helped him come to giant success as Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. But also had written a horribly unfair contract mm. that he never should have signed. Classic, classic. Uh, that resulted with them in like making more money than him yeah. off of his music. Dylan had that. Dylan had that happen to him too. It's classic. Yeah, yeah. And so Bowie got this all settled. It ended with uh, them still having a stake in all of his like music, even oh. though they were not going to be working for him oh. for, until 1982. 1982. That's brutal. Brutal. Uh, and then they got a full 50% of rights for his back catalog before mm. this time. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. <laughs> this is how bad this is. He, I don't know what he's doing. He was not like completely brand new when he signed his contract with Maid Man, but 
holy crap, did he decide a bad contract? Dylan anyway, did the same exact thing, money. the exact same thing, 50% yeah. of everything. And so Bowie didn't get it back until late 90s when he took his Bowie bonds. He used them to buy to his earlier catalog, which was a super smart move because then he had all of the rights to his, you know. That was really, that was really smart. He didn't have pre-69, but 69 on, he had everything. Word. So in 1975, we see one of Bowie's big, like, full-blown... After he was successful, he'd already changed, you know, different styles dramatically multiple times. But with his first early success in Space Audi and his first really big success in uh, 72 with, with uh, Ziggy Stardust. Never heard of it. He kind of like throws over Ziggy Stardust. The, the one, three punch of Ziggy Stardust, Aladdin Sand, and Diamond Dogs. Uh, and then switches pretty dramatically to, uh, to Soul. Hey. Uh, there'd been a little shift there. Like, you can see the little, like, previews of it in Diamond Dogs, and especially in the tour dogs which halfway renamed the philly dogs to her and made it to a full-blown soul tour sure um young americans became his first like really full-blown big success in the in the u.s oh which okay. number nine in the u.s number two in the uk which is a big deal yeah you know americans love that soul they do and uh yeah they the invented was, it it was considered finished at least three games james because apparently that's how they did things. He was like on the road and stopped for a while and recorded an album and then stopped later on. Yeah. So in August 74, November 74, and January 75, he, had, he finished the album. Okay. Wow. Uh, eventually, it would include well, Luther Vandross, who, you know, ever heard of him? Uh, no. No. Okay. Well, I want to guess that are much more intelligent listeners. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. I've totally heard of Luther Vandross. <laughs> Luther Vandross' big break was Young Americans with David Bowie. He yeah. sang backing vocals and co-wrote one of the songs and uh, took off from there. Also includes another little guy by the name of uh, John Lennon. Ever heard of him, Jake? No, never have, also. Okay, well, our much more intelligent listeners certainly have. John Lennon appears on the on two tracks. Yeah. He appears on a little track by the name of Fame, Jake. Ever heard of it? No, never heard of that one either. It must not be yeah, very famous. Really? <laughs> You're really stupid. So dumb. <laughs> You're not connected to pop culture at all. <laughs> you don't know anything about mid-70s ubiquitous pop culture. I don't. That's one thing I okay. don't know anything about is rock and roll. Nothing. He also, also appeared on, he co-wrote Fame, which is not always well known. He also appeared on a cover of Across the Universe done by Bowie. Right. Which is terrible. Which is terrible, yes. So bad. Oh, It is, in my opinion, the single worst song that Bowie uh, released in the 1970s from any of his 1970s work is that cover across the universe. Man, talk about a so lost man. talk about a lost year. Lennon had oh, like, several. He had a bad 70s. <laughs> well, he was losing it when he, you know, helped Bowie cover across the universe. Right. Anyway, I had multiple choice question for you, Jake. But, uh, if, you, uh, if you're ready, yeah, of you course. Explain it this way. Of course. So with this album being finished so many times, uh, it got a whole bunch of different names. Through the years, through the years, through the months that they were recording it. Okay. Which of the following names was not considered possible title for what ultimately became Americans? Okay. All right. I'm ready. So which one of these is not a possibility? Not a possibility. Ready? ready? I'm ready. ready. I'm ready. 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 Dancing. This is with apostrophe at the end, obviously. Dancing? Dancing? Dancing. Okay. Somebody up there likes me. All right. One damn song. <laughs> From Young Americans. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Okay, one damn song. The Gouster. Yeah, all right. And Old Americans. Uh, 
Uh, this is hard. Okay, I know I've heard that it's name. It's not hard. It's really, it's really not All hard. All right, Old Americans. It's Old Americans, yeah. <laughs> oh, you should You could have tricked me, I think. <laughs> I feel like we've gotten. I think we've gotten really lazy with our multiple choice questions. <laughs> we just like we do. We do a bunch of fun ones, and then at the end, we're like, uh, David Bowie, <laughs> Bob Dylan, maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, we've never heard of it. That's to my knowledge, anyway. Uh, the, version, the, the first finished version of this, from August or has was released in 2016 as the Ghoster. Yeah, that's. I, I knew I'd heard of that. I knew I'd yeah, yeah. It features, it does not have four of the tracks that were ultimately on the finished album. It has three additional tracks that did not show up in the, on the finished album. And uh, all for the song, Young Americans, are completely different mixes, which some of them are pretty darn different than what ended up on the album. It's an interesting little curiosity. Like, it's a good, good. It's, it's fun to listen to it. And it doesn't have Across the Universe on it, so that helps out. But it doesn't have some really good songs on it, still. So. So like I said, Bowie did next to nothing first half of 1975. Nothing except for cocaine. Like, lots of, lots of, and like, giant heaping piles. Like a school bus full of cocaine. So much cocaine. Jig, are you doing cocaine right now? Um, I could be. No, but... Yeah, sure. well, no, you can't, because Bowie did it all already. Oh, he did it? Oh, he took no, it all? There's no, oh, man. There's no cocaine left. Oh. He used up all the cocaine. Oh. I know. It's like when you go, you know, run a bowl of cereal in the morning and somebody all drink all the milk. Mm-hmm. That's Bowie mm-hmm. and cocaine in 1975. For the entire like, earth. Hey, for the whole I go, world. I could go for a line of cocaine right now. That sounds good. <laughs> I've never once... Like, oh, I've never... Says, Bowie already did all the cocaine. It's a good thing I never thought that once because... Yeah, well, no, neither. But if I had, it wouldn't have mattered in 1975 because Bowie did it all. You know what I want to take up? I want to take up cocaine right now. <laughs> I feel like now's a good cocaine. time for that. <laughs> well, he hasn't he's not done cocaine in a very long time, even before he died. So there's probably plenty of world reserves built up again. The, store, the stores are back. Great. <laughs> the Coke, Coke stores are back. <laughs> hey. hey. So Bowie didn't do any live shows. He didn't do much anything the first half of the year. But he did make a couple notable uh, TV appearances throughout the course of oh. the year. Oh, okay, dokie. Uh, one of them was a little show called Soul Train. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, I have. Yes, <laughs> hey, I did have. you know that Soul Train is one of the longest-running shows in history? Yeah, I, did. I, did I think I did know that. I think I did. I didn't know that at all. It was ran for 35 years, from 1971 to 2006. So, like, so The Excellent. Simpsons is coming up on that, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's not, it was not the very longest of all time. It's one of the longest. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. Uh, a cartoon is about to run for almost 40 yeah, years. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Bowie is famously been said to be the first white performer on Soul Train, which I discovered is not actually true. I've no. read this multiple places saying that he was the first white performer on there. He's not. Well, uh, bad form for of, like, white guys. Famous people who, who were before him. Um... Uh, Elton John. Oh, he was on. He was on Soul Train. Yeah, he was like six months before Bowie. Now, is Elton John white? Giant white. Is is he white? Is Elton John white? Okay, (laughs) Jake. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Because I don't see color. Is what I'm just trying to say to you. Not as lily white as David Bowie. No, no, no. But 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 pretty white. Pretty white. Not as translucent as David Bowie. You couldn't see right through him. (laughs) Yeah. Well. And, he, and, and Elton John wasn't even the first one. There have been other people. They've been backing bands and, I know, and some other people you haven't heard of who have been on there. Anyway, Bowie was still a, a very early and very rare white performer, white featured performer on Soul Train, so which is notable. White people are but quite he was still, rare. He was sewing it up, you know? Yeah, like a train. Um, he was like a train on soul. The show, well, there's so much, yeah. 
a drain full of cocaine. <laughs> he's uh, he's coked out of his mind on the show. It's difficult to watch. He's just mind. He's not even performing. He's just like he's uh, he's singing along to recording. Of course, song. that's how it goes. And even that, like, it's pretty bad. It's pretty like <laughs> uh, there's there's this uh, anecdote that apparently the show runner because uh, they were recording it ahead of time and he he had played uh, Golden Years, which was. An upcoming single is from Station to Station, which didn't get released until 76, but the single came out in 75. Sure. So they hadn't played this, done anything with this before. And he hadn't bothered to uh, the song before they were recording. So I'm like their fourth or fifth time recording it, and the guy, like, the host or somebody producer, pulls him aside and is like, uh, there are people, there are guys, like, who worked their entire life to be on the show. <laughs> Pull it together, like, get your act together, come on. <laughs> You're ridiculous. ruining lives. You are a giant star, and you are doing this. You're messing it up. And he's like, oh, so who are you? What's up? But he had a different, uh, a different major TV appearance in 1975 that's a little more positive. Okay. And it's going to lead us to a, a multiple choice question, oh, Jake. Sweet. I got the last one right. Which you did. This yeah. one is a little harder. I will not give you, I, don't, I won't throw any bones on this one, Jake. Okay. Which unexpected 1970s icon did Bowie do a live duet with? Okay. Was it Barbara Streisand? All right. Cher? Uh-huh. Stevie Nicks? Ooh, this is tough. Olivia Newton-John? Ah. Or Donna Summer? <sighs> so here, you know, you're worried about getting too This is rough, here. man. No, this I'm is, this is hard. I'm on this one, Jake. No, yeah, you got, you got some good ones in there. Okay, list them again. Okay. Uh, Barbara Streisand. Uh huh. Cher. Yeah. Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Olivia Newton John. Uh huh. Or Donna Summer. Oh man, I really want to go Donna Summer because we're doing the soul thing, but that that seems that might be a little obvious. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Cher nor Stevie Nicks. What was the first one again? Barbara Streisand. Oh, Barbara Streisand. An icon for all time, by the way. <laughs> sure, but also in the seventies. <laughs> but you know, all right. I gotta say, Donna Summer. Donna Summer. Okay, no, you're incorrect. It nah. is Cher. It was Cher. Cher. Cher had her own TV show. It ain't me, babe, show. man. And he played three songs on it. Yeah. He played. I did not write down what songs he played on this for some reason. What? Oh, one you, of them is too much one coke. Of gonna come, I don't know what was my what too much coke for you. You did too much coke. You don't well, I don't want to forget them because that's going to come up. Uh, he did. Shoot. I think he did Fame. And I think he did. Deeper Track on Young Americans, which he actually did it as a, as a duet. What if I played by himself? And then. Yeah. Like, okay, I just say this, this, like, this show sounds like it should not work at all. <laughs> uh-huh. But it actually is pretty entertaining. It's actually pretty good. Like, Bowie feels he's lucid, he's got it together. He looks like he's honestly having a good time, which he never does at talk shows at this point. Like, he just looks at everybody, like, mystified. He's, he's like, the rest where's, where's my red pepper? he's doing all these weird cryptic responses to everything, because all these questions are so dumb, which they are. Yeah, of course. Uh, he's kind of dealing it up. Yeah, good. Good for him. Everyone should have a... <laughs> every, everyone should do a dealing. Poked out of his mind, doesn't know what's going on. So well, there's, there's a mixture of that there. Sure. But not on the share show. Like, he looks like, especially at the end here, they threw a big duet at the end. And he looks like he's really having a great time, like just having fun and hanging out with Sharon and singing with her. It's like, go Bowie. And everyone's like, <laughs> you had some kind of happiness. Everyone's like, that fun. skeleton seems like he's happy. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Way to go. So the last track, uh, Bowie and Sharon did a medley 
that started and ended with a disco-fied Young Americans. Oh, okay. It features 12 famous songs in between. What? I'm not going to give you all 12, but which of the following was not included? Wait, 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 hold on. What, what is this situation again? He plays a song and then okay, 12... So share. Yeah. Yeah, they started singing Young Americans. Then okay. it went into a 12-song medley and closed out with Young Americans. <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. Okay. I know. This part... Musically, this part is not very good. But so they you, do look like they're having a really good time. You have included, you're going to list 13 things. And no, one, I'm not. I'm oh, not. I'm oh, not. Oh, I, just, oh. I just picked some of those famous ones. And I got it. Know, some of these songs, you know, nobody cares about anymore. Yeah, they mattered at the, pl- at the time. But Hits of the no. day. Hits of the day. Got so it. I picked, yeah, so I picked out four of the best-known ones. Got it. Check. Along with one more to throw things off. All right, I'm ready. Okay, so which of the following is not included? Okay. One... By Harry Nelson, as in, you know, one is the loneliest number that you ever do. Of course. To do run, run, by the crystals. Yeah. <laughs> to do run, 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 to do. Yeah. You really got me, by the kinks. You really got me. Yeah. You got me now. You got me, so what? Maybe Baby, by Buddy Holly. Love that song. Maybe Baby, I, I need you. And Day Tripper. Yeah, by the Beatles. Day Tripper. Bam, Day bam, 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 bam. All right, so which of those songs is oh, not part of the There's no, there's no. Go pos- ahead for a random guess. Jay. There's no possible way I can come <laughs> up with this. <laughs> no, there is. Uh, well, you know the. You're one and one right now. The coke, coke is. Basically de- still loaded. <laughs> <laughs> the coke is deteriorated by memory, and. Uh, Just how about maybe baby by Buddy Holly? No, it's not. What is it? You really got me out by the Kinks. Was not part of it. Okay. Well, you know, I shouldn't have complained about these. Now they're too hard. I'm sorry. Could you just could you been like um, could you been like Teen Spirit by Nirvana just to give me something? You know, you know, 26 years before that came out. Could you just do that for me? Uh, it's only 16 years yet. Whatever. Yeah. Is that right? From 75 yeah. to 91 is 16 years. Yep. That's weird, man. Go ahead. So, again, I don't know if that, how good that medley is, but they sure look like they're having a good time. I'm going to say super good. Awesome. Everyone's like, that skeleton does not look like Sonny Bono. What's happening? <laughs> when did they get married? Like, I realized I forgot <laughs> to look this up. I don't know when they got married. Or it, it shares, like, she has a solo show in like, Oh, yeah, they, they were done by then. They were done. Okay. Otherwise, they, would, otherwise they would have been together, and Sonny would have been like, uh, can I get in this? Can I be on the talk show? <laughs> Can we call it the Sunny and Maybe Share Talk Show, please? <laughs> yeah, well, then they must be split up. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cheers, Young. She's looking hot. Absolutely. She's wearing a bunch of clothing on her own show. R.I.P. Sunny Bono. We're sorry for that <laughs> accident you had. And doing all kinds of like weird comedy routines that don't quite land. Oh, yeah. He's like, hey, Cher. <laughs> a, a Jew walks into a bar. Whoa! Sorry. Okay, Jake. Whoa. It was the seventies. Hey, you can't blame me. It was the seventies. Yeah, I can't blame you. You just made that up. <laughs> Sorry. This is not a quote, Jake. You did not quote anybody. Sorry. Hey. You're in here, Jake. You're oh, here. oh, the Y, the Y I H already. So. <laughs> Sweet. The wit. The yeah. The yeah. The yeah. 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 Here's, this is the start. In '75, is the start of his two-tone, slicked-down hair. Yeah, it's kind of like blonde and kind of red at the same time. He right. wore it through '76 also. 
Yeah, not, it's not too... possibly my favorite of the series. <laughs> yeah, it's not too shabby. I really like it. I really dig it. It's weirdly cool. I'm giving it a five on the year and year. <laughs> Is this his best hair ever? Well, I, that's what I'm thinking. I can't think of another of his years that I like more than this one. Wow. This, this is, is, like this, is Vanya, this is a BVD. Like it. BVD like award, it. man. B to the V to the D award. Well, yeah. I mean, we talked about it in 76, too, but that was like our second episode. So yeah, we didn't have BVD. I don't even that. think we had BVD awards back then. Me either. I don't think we had Urine Hair yet in 76. Oh, that's impossible. Urine Hair has been around since the beginning of time. Yeah, but that was the second episode that we ever did. Was it's true. It was actually our first episode. Like, for our first actual episode. Yeah, yeah. So hey, that's uh that's it for that was twenty seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Today. <laughs> All right, Jake. Let's head things on over you for the points. Oh wow! All right, this is this is exciting. I find I'm 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 just this like exciting. I really don't know who's gonna win. I'm sort of mentally calculating in my mind what you got and what I got. I got a lot. In fact, I think I might have a lot. I got a lot too, though. But I I, I know I know you do. Um, okay, so let's start out with the first thing that came out, which was of course blood on the tracks. Uh, you know, normally we don't give BVD awards for second place because that's for losers. But I'm going to give a BVD award to Blood on the Tracks. This is my second favorite album by Bob Dylan. I decided Whoa. while I was doing this. Whoa. So Wait, obviously, man. Blonde on Blonde, right. Blonde on Blood holds yeah, the title. Dylan's going to win here, but that's okay. Keep going. Keep okay. Going. All right. Uh, it's it is going to be my. He just you know he just he tried to screw it up like he always does, but he couldn't. Chaz, it was yeah. too good. It was too good. And so um, this barely beats out Highway 61 Revisited for my second favorite album by Bob Dylan. It will be my third, my third and final perfect score for a Bob Dylan album. I'm giving it a okay. plus five. Huh. Yeah. I gave one to Time Out of Mind. I gave one to Blonde yeah, on you're, Blonde. Yeah, you're winning. That's cool. Keep and going, I got to do it. So let's move, on. let's move on to the basement tapes. Now, I did a little, uh, did a little something here, um, which I think you'll appreciate, because I, it w- I was bothered by the fact that this was Bob Dylan and the band, and so I can't, yeah. I can't in good conscience give it a it's plus. It's true, when, when, when half of it is legitimately just them. Exactly. No, not half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not half. It's two-thirds. It's 16 versus okay. 8. So what I did is... Oh, okay, okay, but still. Bob okay, Dylan's... A third, a third of it is just the band does not fall Dylan at all. Exactly. Okay. So I, I did some math, and by that I whipped out the calculator on my phone. <laughs> and what I came up with is that Bob Dylan's contribution to the basement tapes is a negative 3.33 to a positive 3.33. That's two. Okay, hey, that being two thirds sure of, yeah, sure. of five. Okay, yeah. and so um, the the only problem I have with his contribution, which is like indelible and historically relevant, and the template for much of my favorite music to come later, um, like all of the alt country stuff, like Wilco, Emmylou Harris, Gillian Welch, The Birds, Nico Case, like even the Beatles. Uh, took this, uh, you know, the idea of the basement tapes, that's, that's kind of what they wanted Let It Be to be, this sort of, okay. like, verite right. experience where it's just, like, us in a room. Let It, let it Be Naked? Yes. That well, Naked is with, yeah, without the strings, right? Before Phil Spector. Yeah, Phil Spector. Phil Spector's, a, Phil Spector's a murderer. He murdered a guy. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I can't believe it. His wall of sound. He murdered him with the wall of sound, I can only assume. No, I think he murdered him with, like, with like a gun. He's like in jail oh, right now. Okay. Okay. okay all right, all. Sorry, it's true. That, ru- that ruins that. Well, you know. Our, our fun time jamboree. I'm not, this I'm not canceling Phil Spector's contribution to things, but that guy's a murderer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, anyway. Um, and so the only problem I have with this this whole thing is that, you know, you take the band off there, obviously, if you want it to be like a Bob Dylan basement tapes jamboree. 
Um, you put you on really there were some there were some things that were left off, which were which were slightly. Did you think jam is short for jamboree? Like band, oh. a band is just having a sweet jam. Is that short for jamboree? I've never thought of that, Chaz. You might be onto something. <laughs> I really hope so. You I might really be onto so. something. So much. <laughs> and like a jam band is actually a jamboree collection. A jamboree band. A jamboree collection of musicians, maybe? Right. Jam band? Just, just having jamborees all the time. <laughs> it sounds so much funnier when they're jamboree bands. <laughs> how, about a, how about a jam bandree? A jam bandree. A jam bandree. A jam bandree. Um, so if they had, if he had taken the band off and he had put on versions of I Shall Be Released, uh, Quinn the Eskimo, different version of Quinn the Eskimo, and I'm Not There, which was like the most legendary of the bootlegs that didn't get, you know, that didn't get released, you got yourself like a five. You got like a real, yeah. a real humdinger. But as it is, I'm going to give it a plus three because I'm only slightly annoyed um, with, you know, for his contribution, I'm only slightly annoyed that there could have been like one more good song on there. And then yeah. it would have been a three point three three, which I was I was kind of dying to give something uh, a decimal point, but you know, <laughs> other than point five, <laughs> other than point five, yeah, we need. We'll get into that later. You know, we're just starting out here. We've only just begun. Um, let's move on to the singles. No, let's do let's do the tour. So I already explained the tour. This this is the the good half, the legendary half of the the Rolling Thunder review. That's that's an obvious one point zero. So we're gonna do that. Um, and then a monster. It's, it's a, a big, monster for it, Dylan. It's a big daddy. I think it beats 1966, if I remember right. But we're, we'll, we'll see what happens here. Um, let's do uh, Million Dollar Bash is the single off of the Basement Tapes. And that's got Bob Dylan and the band on it. It's, it's entirely okay and enjoyable, uh, but I think it's kind of a disappointing representation of the Basement Tapes. Like, they could have done, done better for the single off the Basement Tapes. Um, it's a fun song, though, so I give it a plus point five. I'm not going to give it the full one. Okay, yeah. And yeah. then uh, we invoke here at Bowie versus Dylan, and it sounds like we're both going to do this this time. Oh yeah. Um, for very famous singles, we uh, we give a, a very big, gigantic, super yeah, important like super well singles. known, super important, super influential, that kind of thing. We've only given out a few times to the years. Um, I'll start uh, with Bowie's got Bowie's got one for Space Oddity and for Changes. I think those are the only ones Bowie's got. Yeah, and Dylan only had a couple. Dylan's too. gotten a couple too. Yeah, like just like a woman got one. Yeah, and maybe that is that it. No, Dylan doesn't. Re- Dylan doesn't release his best song as singles usually. No, uh, no. Unfortunately, Bowie's pretty Bowie good. Does. Bowie's a good singles yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but this year is a little different. So he released Hurricane, which was uh, which would end up on his album Desire from 1976, but which came out as a standalone single, um, as kind of a benefit for Reuben Carter, the uh, the boxer from New Jersey who was wrongfully convicted of murder of three people. Yeah. Um, and so Dylan, this is kind of Dylan's first foray, you know, his first famous foray back into protest singing, quote unquote, or, you know, political matters. He he became pretty enamored with the story and he wrote, you know, as was his style at the time, he wrote this great, he wrote this great song sort of detailing the story um, and laying it all out there. It's like seven, eight minutes long, um, you know, but really compact and really good and really effective because it actually contributed to Reuben Carter's um, stay um, be uh, you know his uh, his prison stay being uh, being shortened. So he you know at least in part from this single, you can't say it's all because of a song, but uh, it definitely it definitely affected like an actual change, like a real change in the world. So and it's a great song. Um, best use of it was in Dazed and Confused. You remember that movie? <laughs> uh, no, 
when they walk into the when they when McConaughey and uh, whoever the kid is that touches his nose all the time walk into the pool hall, the billiards hall, it's playing, and it, they look like the coolest people in the world, even though they're like fourteen. Okay, uh, good one. Matthew McConaughey is the coolest. Good one, and then his uh, the last single I'll talk about is "Tangle Up in Blue." You ever heard of that one? Hey, whoa. Yeah. yeah, no, 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 no. It's an entirely convincing and heartbreaking life story in one five-minute song, Chaz. And it was a big hit, and it's a plus 2.0. Um, he would go on to like change the lyrics to it and do all this kind of stuff in later years. Uh, but it's just uh, it's a real humdinger. So I think I think I did everything there. Did I get everything? Fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Chaz, Dylan's going to come in heavy-hitting. In 1975, as expected, with a 13.5. Oh, gosh. Oh. <laughs> oh. One of our biggest years ever. Yeah. 75 well, was a big daddy. You can have the rest of the 70s. I'll take 75. Well, he's going to blow things up, but he is not going to reach the All right. Well, good year for... Is this the best year yeah. they both had at the same time? Probably. It might be. It probably is. Yeah. Because Bowie's going to have a giant year, too. So, Bowie didn't actually do that much, like, that came out in 75. Um, Young Americans, the album. It's one of his better-known albums. Sure. Uh, Mid-70s. But honestly, it's like one of, given how incredible he was in the 70s, Young Americans is one of his weaker albums, probably. It's still a really good album, don't get me wrong. But sure. it's not one of his best. Yeah. It's full-blown, him and his purest, most full-blown soul. Uh, he would go on to do a whole bunch, uh, a very soul-inspired album in Station to Station. But Station to Station went off on its own and was kind of combining some It's a big like transition album into what was coming later. You know, low and heroes and all that stuff. Sure. But Sing Americans is straight up. It's soul. And that's what it is. Soul, baby. Uh, it's still... There's a lot of good songs on it. Um, it also includes Across the Universe, which is so bad. Oh, that's on that? It's actually on that album? It's on the album. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I like a B-side on Fame or something. Oh, like that ruins, so that ruins everything. That's terrible. But it's seriously... I that song alone is going to drop the whole album by half a point. Like wow. I would put a half point higher if it weren't for that song. Wow. Um, so giving it a three, which is still a quite. But oh, that's score. very good. Like, that's very know, good. Don't get me wrong, but it would be a three point five if it did not include Across the Universe. I'm just saying. Wow. Just just saying. All the rest of it's hey, gold. Hey, thanks a lot. That song. Yeah, thanks a lot. A horrible cover of Across the Universe that featured John Lennon. Yeah, and it's one of the best Beatles <laughs> songs. <laughs> oh, it's so the Beatles version's so good. It is so good. Not, not the Bowie version. Uh, Bowie released three singles in 1975. Two of them from Young Americans. One of them from Station to Station, which came out, which came out I believe, in January of '76. Uh, and they're all monsters. Just absolute. Bangers. Big stinky monsters. Bangers. <laughs> Big stinky monsters. <laughs> Three of those best known songs of all time. Uh, we got Young Americans. Yeah. We got Love Fame. that song. Yeah. Oh, and we got yeah. Golden Years. It's a gigantic wow. six songs. And we, in our, the two of us, not knowing who was going to win, uh, deemed all three of them worthy of two points status, which is a rare occurrence. Like I said, this is like more than doubles that always two-pointers as it goes on. He's and only got a couple more left in him that could possibly get a two-pointer, but... I should say, I should say you don't have to give it a two. It's fine whatever you do, but you could give it like a 1.5 or something if you thought it was better than a one, but just less than eh, a two. It doesn't really matter. Let's just do a two. Two, I, that's, I'm, that's it's cool It's not going to change your thing up. No, it's cool, no, man. I'm, I'm good. Hey, I'm Chaz, good. why don't you stop fighting with me about this? Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Jake, let's cool down a little bit. I, I can't. Cool I'm sweating and peeing at the same time. If you remember. <laughs> I do remember. It's a terrible image. It's not like something I've heard 
<laughs> now, does that signal that I have dysentery? Do I? Crying, peeing. Yo, yo, do I? Dysentery. Do I have dysentery? <laughs> do I need to go to the hospital? Hey, yeah, uh, yeah, you can get I'll just doctor, tell the doctor. I'll just tell the doctor I had to do this podcast for the good of all. <laughs> I had to. Really good at everyone. Definitely. So, Bowie gets three points for an album and six points for three singles. So they're all plus two. Two of which were actually on the album. So, overall, he's not tour that year in the release, you know, demos from 1967 that are made. So, nine points for that. Wow. Which is still a monster year. That's still one of the biggest years. One of the best ones, yeah. And I'm going to guess that, yes, combined total, this is probably the biggest. There's no way. I mean, it's it's two of our biggest years, full stop. I mean, 76 was a big year for both of them, too. It was, actually. It's got to be the biggest. It's true. Okay, well. It's the only other one I can think of that could compete. BVD Award. BVD Award. BVD Award. So far. Yeah, I think this will be the biggest I can't imagine a year that... They could compete with it, you know? No, because Dylan didn't do any better in the 70s, and Bowie yeah. didn't do any better in the 60s. Bowie's better all, so, yeah, exactly. So, Dylan's yeah, this is best, it. Best, best years are in the, are in the 60s. Well, Bowie's best years are all in the 70s. We might as well just stop. I'm done with this yeah, podcast. Yeah, well, podcast is over. <laughs> Sorry, is, guys. This is we the have, peak. like, a quarter of the years left, but... Uh, <laughs> but who cares? <laughs> we have, like, care. 12 years left, 15 years. I don't remember how Is years. that what it is? What Not is that it? many. We're like three quarters of the way done, Jake. I, want I you can't know believe that. this. I'm a, I see. I am crying now. Now I'm crying. <laughs> There's for no real. crying baseball. There's no, there's no crying yeah, in here. baseball. I have a list here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years left. Really, seventeen yeah. years left? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It's not enough. It's not nearly enough. Yeah. We're going to get a little bit closer next episode when we hit up 15. We yeah. Like things fresh. So, for January 15th episode, we're going to do the year that ended 15 days before that. That's right. Yeah, 2019. We're going to talk about it sometime before we release it, I think. Well, I think we're, yeah, we might record it before we release it. Could be, could be a live episode. A live episode. If such a thing were possible, that would be up for it. We probably could somehow. I don't know. I don't know. If only we were professional hey. at this. Hmm? Everybody. Hey. hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, Charlie, yeah. And, I, and I like Bowie. I'm Jake, and I love Dylan. And uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy 2020. Happy Hanukkah. Oh, yeah. Happy Kwanzaa. Yep. Happy other holidays. Uh-huh. I can't think of it at the top of my head, but mm. you know what they are. You know what they are. You know what it is. All right. Peace out, America, and all kinds <laughs> of other countries also. <laughs> yeah. Our numbers are good in Germany. Bye.